This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of Went to Mo King's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Jane, known Dean tonight, but I'm joined by my co-host, Dane. Dane, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. We finally got a match, which was luckily we won. Very exciting to see. And uh, you can see everyone's happy. All the fans were happy. Emma was happy. Players were clearly happy. So I'm happy. Yeah, no, it's good to be back to actually talk about a game that's actually gone ahead. Um, I'm also delighted to welcome back to the show the man, the myth, the Discord legend, Medicine. Medicine, welcome back. How are you? Great, great. Uh, happy to invite you back on. And uh, very much the same as Dane. I was uh, couldn't believe it until the, the whistle blew that we actually had a game. Now, so we're here tonight to look back at Wednesday's Conti Cup quarterfinal victory over West Ham and to look ahead to Sunday's return to the WSL action when we take on Brighton and Hove Albion. Before we get into the action, it was great to be back in the stand supporting the team. But then there was a very sour moment when a West Ham fan started to sing the Rent Boys chant towards us. I know Dean and Tracy spoke at length about this on the show on Monday. It really was a shocking moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, we've been trying to get out of the men's game for a long time. Uh, it's upsetting, but it's this... Well, I, I'm, I'm presuming this this one instant it's it's snuck over to the women's game, you know. It's yeah, it's cowardly. You know, it's verbally violent. You know, whether it comes, you know, if the individual from anger, fear, confusion, or just downright disgust and discrimination, you know, it needs to stop. You know, in this in this instance, it's a reaction to his team losing. It's no excuse, and he wanted to hurt people with his uneducated ignorance. You know. I'm glad it was dealt with. It, it, you know, it, there needs to be more clarification on what happens. Is it just, you know, being chucked out of the stadium or is it, you know, could you potentially be arrested or, or something? But, you know, I, I would actually like to, you know, to, to put a uh, 
a spin on this and a more positive view on this and, and you know and and to you know thank you know like Tracy Bound you know the Chelsea Pride and all you know the LGBTQ plus fan group you know for for for, for what they've done you know they've, they've tried to push that word and they, you know the CPS have finally recognised the term as a homophobic slur so well done for all those people who have pushed so hard for so long hopefully it will now you know cease to exist or just if slowly we just won't hear it anymore yeah i have to say hats off to the staff at west ham for dealing with it so quickly they managed to find the person um i think it wasn't he sort of said it was like a spur of the moment thing he didn't really mean it apparently but they dealt with him and he was ejected from the stadium but medicine the use of the term rent boys is now classified as an offense and we need to see prosecution of offenders now to send the message out that it is not acceptable yeah i totally agree um as a not match day going fan i hadn't heard anything as of um as of what punishments or what how this kind of thing was dealt with, and I'd only heard of it being uh, classed as a as an offense uh, relatively recently. I want to say a couple of weeks. So now is the time to start dishing out firm, stern punishments, making sure no, no cases go missing, um, and to dissuade people from jumping into this spur of the moment thing. I know it's been used for however long, but uh, that time is in the past and we have arrived now so um yeah definitely something that should stay in the past and needs to be something that there is a, a firm firm hand of punishment and if it's possible showing what punishment it is publicly on social media so we can see what repercussions of these actions are yeah hopefully we're sort of slowly starting to go in the right direction and hopefully it will stop all people chanting whatever they shouldn't be um, let's look at the game. Chelsea lined up with their 3-4-3 formation. AKB between the sticks, a back three of Carter, Bright and Lowen. Charles, Cuthbert, Ingle and Anderson in midfield with Kirby and Fleming just behind harder in attack. Hayes used four substitutes, bringing on Wrighton for Lowen, Spence in England for Kirby and Fleming. A new signing, Abdelina, came on for Anderson. This left the two goalkeepers, Musovic and Telford, as the unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 63% possession, 22 shots, 10 on target, 8 fouls, 1 yellow card and 13 corners, with West Ham having 37% possession, 6 shots, 4 on target, 7 fouls, no cards and 2 corners. Dane, I know Dean mentioned maybe Emma making a few changes to our quote-unquote strongest 11, but were you surprised by this lineup? Well, not once I saw the substitutes, you know, you know you're tight for numbers if you've got two goalies out of the six on the bench. Uh, yeah, I surprised a little bit. You know, I thought Beth Bethany might have started and possibly right. And uh, that's, that's about it, really. Once we obviously seen the squad and, and the potential, who could have started? So I think Emma Hayes did say after the game, we've got 15 fit players. I don't know if that would change, you know, come Sunday, if there's there's anyone bordering on, on, on making it. But yeah, it, it was a surprise, but not one once I saw who, who potentially could have started. Yeah, although I sort of knew that we didn't have a full squad, I sort of was shocked to see so little subs. I was thinking if we're going to have to make five subs, which goalkeeper is going to have to come on as a <laughs> outfield player? But lucky enough, we didn't have to get to that point. 
and medicine, you had some thoughts on the use of Cuthbert in the mid that midfield role. Could you expand on them for the listeners? Uh, sure thing. Um, in the first half in particular, uh, I found that uh, Neve was used to kind of pin uh, the whole West Ham defense down to one side. Um, and uh, from doing that, Cuthbert was allowed to roam from what was technically right wing back into playing more of a center mid and then creating what was a two in midfield into three. Um, and because they were so pinned down on that left side, they couldn't switch over immediately and then uh, exploit us for having essentially being one defender down out of the five. Um, that was mainly in the first half. And then at halftime, uh, West Ham made some changes uh, to kind of not pin themselves down as much. I saw them a lot, a lot more free flowing in their back line. Um, and from that, I also saw Neve kind of relieved of her duties of holding down that one flank and being able to roam lot more and then she ended up switching sides and everything towards the uh towards the end of the game after subs yeah I think Erin had a really good game um Wednesday it was good to see her back playing and uh, we were obviously without Sam Kerr because of the Asia Cup I just want to mention that she played today she scored five and assisted two and she's now Australian's <laughs> world wow. all-time leading goal scorer so well done to her um I was shocked Emma didn't start with Bethany England but the performance of Harder, Kirby and Fleming was quite something, wasn't it, Dane? Especially Peniel playing as the striker. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. You know, I liked the movement, you know, the flexibility, you know, just, just how energetic they all looked. I thought they linked really well. You know, you know, like you, I, I thought Bethany would start. I thought it would be a good chance for her to, to replace uh, you know, but you know, a lot of people have been calling for 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 Penella to 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 play through the middle. They wanted to see her, her more further forward. A lot of a uh, of a uh, you know, more fans who 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 more watch her and have been watching her for years don't like how how much deep she drops and how much she tries to get involved too much to the play. They want her more forward, taking more chances. So they got they they got their wish, and you know, she was amazing. You know, I think she's been brilliant all season. To be honest, I think she's just one of those players who can uh, play anywhere across the free or in, in an attacking role. But, you know, wow, she, she was amazing. And, yeah, I liked I liked the flexibility of it. I thought the balance was perfect. Harsh on Bethany, but, you know, in the end, it obviously benefited us as a team. Yeah, Beth did have a few chances when she came on. I'm hoping maybe Sunday's game, we'll probably talk, we'll talk about that in the second half, she'll get the start she deserves. Medicine, defensively, we still look a bit suspect suspect Magda Eriksson is out for an indefinite amount of time with her ankle in injury is this a concern going forward onto what is the what is a run of big fi fixtures uh yeah it's, it's a big run um Magda being out indefinitely um and the other ones I'm not even sure team news is so hard to come by I know Louis Pultz had a uh, long COVID um yeah so that who knows when that on her she's due to return and then be fit um any other players, I think it's just a big question mark as far as what we were given. Um, but it is uh, very much concerning. Uh, we have an unbelievable amount of games in a very short amount of time. And we saw even uh, this previous game defensively not great. I mean, they had they scored two goals and had a couple other chances as well. Um, th some of them, I don't think Magda fixes the first goal. It was just a, a sloppy pass given and then a free break. The second goal, maybe she does a little bit better with, but um, I, I was 
more curious as to the, us finding this time with our current injury record as to the, as the the time to loan out Fox. I thought now would be the time where you give her a couple games and then let her go towards the end of January, and when we've gotten out of the tough period and players have started to come back. Um, but yeah, big worry. Hopefully everyone uh, comes fit sooner rather than later, uh, namely Magda. <laughs> Yeah, sort of Fox going out on loan, we could have actually done with her being sort of in the squad still. I think her loan move has been sort of in the process for a while and I don't think they expected to sort of get the injuries we've ended up with. Dane, what did you make of the overall performance of the team? Because at the times it looked a bit disjointed and the thinking not perhaps joined up. Is that down to not having played in so long and a little bit of rustiness or is it something more worrying? The only worrying thing at the moment is is the lack of numbers. You know, the poor team haven't known whether they're coming or going for about the last month, maybe longer. You're right, a little disjointed, especially the first half. You know, they're just finding their feet a bit stale, lack of energy. But it's understandable, like we said, you know, uh, you know they've got out there for the first time in four or five weeks. And in that second half, they looked a lot better. I think Emma, Emma Hayes addressed that. And uh, yeah, it was good to see, but... You know, I wasn't going to be too judgmental as, as you know, as I, as I started off the show, like we, we all knew, no, it was so nice to see us finally playing, but the benefit of the doubt was, was, was firmly given by me. And I expected more in the second half, you know, uh, I didn't expect it to be as, 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 as stale. It's a bit harsh maybe, but yeah, the second half was, was levels did definitely step up. Edison, what did you think of Abdelina's 10-minute debut? She was beaten a bit too easy for West Ham's second goal, in my opinion. Is that the kind of question mark over her defence vulnerability that we're going to have while she settles into the team? But she also had some good moments, didn't she? Uh, yeah, I mean, that that is the question mark you're going to have. Um, you know, making the jump from this quality uh, this soon and her coming off of was essentially an end of season break of a, of a couple months. Um, those kind of things, those 10, 10 meter sprints where she needs that extra half a yard, she might lose, uh, but it'll come back. Um, I thought on the ball, she was great. I thought she was tidy, had a lot of good linked up play with Wrighton. Um, both of those two seem to position themselves very well in the, in open play and connect well with each other. Um but yeah, uh, you can't expect the world from her at the moment. She's still a 20-year-old, still finding her feet here. Um, I thought, given all the circumstances, I thought she did well. Um, but yeah, as I, I said previously, you're going to always get the best qualities of her when she's on the ball or going forward. And that will most likely be the case for a while until Emma trains her to be more defensive. Yeah, I think a lot of people were sort of, I know myself, I was shocked that she sort of got her debut so soon. But I think with the injuries, it is perfect time to sort of slot her into the squad. Dane, before we move on, was there anything else you like saw from the game that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, apart from Melanie uh, loopholes, uh, do, do we have any information on any of the other players? You know, Marin, uh, Marin Milder, Lauren James, Any you know, are they any closer to coming back or we don't know or... I've not heard anything. I've not really seen anything to say there sort of back. I think the last thing I've read, I think before the West Ham game said they were still sort of not quite there yet, but I've not seen anything sort of positive 
Oh, okay. well, oh, apart from that, then, yeah, I liked Ben's obviously medicines analysis, you know, how, how he saw Neve Charles, which obviously released Cuff, but I liked Cuff, but in, in, in a more central role, you know, very energetic, very free roaming, you know, she's got a good engine on her. Also, like Yona Anderson, I liked seeing Yona Anderson as well. You know, she had a hand in two of the goals, with two beautiful crosses, two dangerous crosses, and I think she's been unlucky not to start more this season. Again, Annick Nguyen as well. Nice to see her get some good minutes as well because she was just sort of coming back from the injury before we've had our four or five week break. Uh, yeah, obviously I was going to be obviously but mentioning Ben's analysis on Neve Charles. I thought she did have a good game. And obviously Penel Hardery, Penel Harder again, you know, mentioning her perfect hat-trick, you know, right foot, left foot and header and you know, it's amazing. Edison, was there anything else you wanted to discuss about the game before we move on? Um, yeah, there was, I, I, uh, a uh, Jane's point, I, I think it was very good to see some of the players we haven't seen get full-fledged minutes so far this season. Uh, Anderson, Nolan, uh, Charles, uh, Beth, when she came on, I thought they all did very well, um, in those roles, uh, Drew Spence coming on. Um, it, it was nice to see them be able to step up when we needed them, um, you know, no players you have to do the same you have to show that you're capable of putting on the big show for Chelsea um and it's gonna be the same thing with uh, Abdulina. she it's as much as it is a rush it is probably the best time she could have asked for you have to rely on her a little bit um until we get out of the injury crisis and the last I want to say the last I heard um Marin I think Emma said in early December that Marin was going to be out until well, like a, a month or so into the new year, um, just off of more recovery, but I haven't heard much from the rest. So um, it, it could be a, a case of them coming back after two games. Um, but I think as of the next game, it's still going to be relatively the same squad. Um, hopefully it isn't. Hopefully we get a little bit more depth, um, but we've shown now through this game that in West Ham are, are no pushovers. We've shown now that these players can still do do the business for us. So I still have faith. Yeah, I think the squad we've got right now is sort of it's a strong enough squad, and I feel like we're gonna do we're gonna do well. Penilla Harder was voted the player of the match. When you score a hat trick, then fair enough. Chelsea are through to the Conti Cup semi final, where they will play Manchester United, who beat Arsenal one 0 the other semi-final will see Manchester City, who beat Bristol 3-1, take on Tottenham, who beat Liverpool 1-0. Um, our tie against United, it will be played on the 2nd of Feb at 7pm. Chelsea have just released the tickets go on sale next week. Dana, are you pleased with that draw? Mm, yeah, I don't think I, I fancy the resurgent Man City, you know, with all their players back. Uh, Tottenham... Been a bit hit and miss recently. May United, I, I, they look like they're, they're, they're improving under Skinner. You know, I'd like to look forward to when we when we do play them, if we can get more perspective, you know, from, from, from a fan who's been watching them play, because I'm not a great fan of his of him as a manager, you know, having, you know, followed Orlando Pride for a, a few seasons. You know, I didn't see much of an improvement. Uh, and I thought he talked a good game. If he's proved wrong, and I mean it's only good for 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 Man United supporters, but yeah, yeah, I, overall, yeah. But either either one, either one of those three, it would have been tough. Medicine, yeah, this game comes just before we play a rejuvenated City in the league, but we can't lose to United, can we? 
No, no. Um, like Dane said, I, I've not heard amazing things about uh, Skinner as a coach. Um, but having watched the game, I had a, a one eye on uh, the other game as we were playing. Uh, United looked defensively really solid, totally shut down Arsenal. Uh, and going forward, they have a couple chances to take it. Um, the highlights were about a minute and a half long. <laughs> so, you know, Arsenal weren't very much knocking on the door or anything. Um, United have a, it's still a, a good team, good number of very, you know, quality young players. It, it'll be a tough team. Um, and especially right before we, uh, a rejuvenated city. Um, hopefully our, most of our squad is back by then, but if it isn't, I think th this is uh, something that we should really be pushing for, especially considering uh, in the final, we have chances of playing a, 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 perhaps a weakened team uh, in Spurs compared to the relative context of the heavy hitters around. Yeah, no, hopefully we'll be all right. Right, we're going to go for a short break now and then we'll be back to look ahead to Sunday's visit to Brighton and Hove Albion. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo King's Meadow. Now time to look ahead to Sunday's WSL clash with Brighton. Dane, it's been a little while since we played a league game, but given that's happened at our but given what's happened at Arsenal in that time, 
and the fact that them playing City this weekend, a win here could be could have massive implications in the title race, couldn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, especially the way the way Arsenal have been performing recently, it's definitely a sit back and eat your popcorn moment and just watch it, watch it sort of dissolve. You know, if you think through us personally of our blue tinted glasses on, we're four points behind Arsenal, and if if they lose or draw and we win, then we can either be one or two points behind them with that game in hand, and plus that game against Kings Meadow against them you know coming up so yeah it's 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 also quite interesting to see you know Jonas he seems like he's struggling a little bit I don't know if it's the pressure or just you know the time of the year you know the team you know he's got obviously a lot of players away in the Asian Cup and uh, struggling with Covid but he looks like he's, he's struggling the way he reacted to uh, the main United player and that wasn't even that much of a bad foul I didn't think but he sort of you know, he went a bit OTT and was uh, rightly sort of called out by Quite a lot of football fans on Twitter, but you know, it's, it, it annoyed us in the first game of the season, so we're not going to be too bothered about him. <laughs> laugh, laugh, uh, seeing him struggle a bit. He'll definitely come up with some sort of excuse to why he lost to United <laughs> um, on Wednesday, and the excuse will probably be the fact that he's got no players. They're no, they're not there. They're too busy playing for their countries. Um, Medicine, what do you think we can take from Wednesday's team to predict who Emma Hayes might select on Sunday? Um, the fact you've got no players, <laughs> so we <laughs> um, you know it's a very small pool uh, she can choose from. I think it'll be the same question mark again as to whether uh, Beth starts or they keep the same front three. Um, and I think there are there are chances that Wrighton could start over Anderson, um, but we've seen that this team is more than capable of uh, putting uh, another WSL team to the sword. So either way, I think we're in good hands, but I think those are the only two real question marks, unless we're sticking, uh, who knows, CT up top, maybe. Um, Dane, the key question of this selection is probably going to be, is Emma going to stick with the same front three as Wednesday, or will England get this, this, at the start up front? What do you think Emma will be thinking? Uh well, seeing as I thought she would start against West Ham, I haven't got a clue. But <laughs> as 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 we we you know the the only argument could be obviously Wrighton or or, or Bethany starting. Uh, so it's not too much you know to rack our brains with. You know, as I said, I really liked the energy and, and how they how they balanced. And if if uh, Brighton are going to sit deep and then try and push us on counter attacks, you know, it'd be good to have those three. Again, you know, it depends on the opposition. Some, Sometimes you like you tweak you tweak positions just to suit the the opposition. Like you know, there'd be a good question now is is if Millie Bright would still start centrally, or they might put Jess in there, knowing how deep Brighton could be. Uh, maybe Emma thought, well, Millie being our uh, our most senior player, our senior defender, I want her, you know, at the spine, uh, you know, to protect everyone, or or not, you know, we don't know. Or, or, or there was a dangerous West Ham plan. We just thought, you know, that. That you just tweak positions, you know, because we have seen Millie so much on that right, and she likes to, you know, spray her balls around. And apart from seeing Jess on the right in that first game of the season, she's been mostly centrally. So yeah, she hasn't got a lot of options, but it'd be harsh on Bethany. But I could see why she would go with the same front three. Yeah, I guess she's got sort of got to put her strongest. Although Beth is a strong player, she's got to go with her gut. 
Medicine, we get to hear about the fitness of loopholes. Do you think Cuthbert will stay in midfield with Charles at wing back, or does Spence come in instead? Um, I think uh, Emma loves to tweak a little bit with these positions, um, especially in possession. I just yep. last uh, against West Ham, we saw Neve playing, uh, pinning the whole team on the left, and then playing right wing back towards the end of the game. Saw Cuthbert playing right, right wing back and then moving centrally, playing centrally. Um, I think she'll stay, stick with the same two, considering how energetic they are. Um, they seem to be in great shape and uh, how versatile they are. You can stick any of them in any of the positions as long as they're not playing center back and they're generally, they can put in a shift. Um, I think, I don't think Spence will, has done enough to start from the sub appearance. But um, yeah, I, I think that doesn't come down to her or her ability. I just think it comes down to the other two being extremely versatile, extremely energetic, plenty of endurance, and can put in more than more than a shift. Um, Dane, I suppose the other question is that back three. We saw Bright playing centrally of the three. Do you think that continues, or are we using her ability to play out from the right side? Oh, yeah, sorry, obviously, I got a little bit ahead of myself. I did not see that beforehand, and I sort of started talking about the back three uh, beforehand. And, yeah, as I said, it's either Emma Hayes wants to use her, you know, being the most senior defender with Magdalena being out injured and she just wanted her in the spine or she saw something at West Ham that she didn't quite like and she, she wanted, obviously, Millie in the middle against Brighton, you know, although... You know, they, they do like to counterattack to an extent. I think Millie could might be back on the right, uh, so she can spray the balls, which then might. It, I suppose. Sorry, going back to talking about the strikers, then maybe that might be an answer to why Bethany might start actually, because remember in Brighton they are so deep, and you need a target, you need a, a someone to aim for, and if you can't get in behind them, then. I can see possibly Bethany starting, but yeah, I think I think Millie will go back to the uh, right side because she's gonna she might have to play some of those long balls against Brighton. Let's have a look at Brighton's team then. After a great start to the season, they have really hit a rough patch. They haven't won any of their last six league games. Medicine, does that make it a good or a bad time to be playing Brighton? Uh, you, there's a solid argument for both, but I would say it's a great time to play them. Um, this is the point where you know. Heads have maybe dropped a little bit, um, and once that self confidence drops in a league like the WSL, you need to be on 100% all of the time. Otherwise, you can get put to the sword very easily. Um, and I think we have the squad capable of doing that. Uh, I mean, just the with the limited squad we have, there's still so many options that you can throw surprises at them uh, through player versatility, tact, uh, tactical nous from Emma. And uh, as Dane mentioned, even very small things like moving Millie out to the right um, so that she can be our transition um, and look for targets either centrally or uh, switching play with long diagonals. Um, I think we could be a really hard team to deal with and uh, we're probably not the best team to play when you've gone a number with how to win. Brighton like to play forward long much like Chelsea with the likes of my Leticia very good the like with the likes of my Leticia who is very good at that so we need to press well from our forward line to limit that to stop to stop our defense having too much pressure won't we Dane 
yeah, yeah. Obviously, a little bit of an obsession on this, on this, on this podcast with my Letizia. I don't know if that will lead to eventually signing for us, but you know, she keeps on producing uh, good displays. We're going to keep on, obviously, complimenting her because she's a very good player. I believe so young. So yeah, yeah, it is. You know, again, you know, you worry about our short squad. Will we have to be a little bit more smart? You know, preserve energy, keep the ball, dictate the play, which we usually do anyway in these sort of games. But choose our moments because obviously we don't want to overplay too many players or expect too much of them. But yeah, yeah, the forward line. You know, we'll have to press, but we'll have to press well. And you know, especially when you've got such a good defender you know a centre back you know ex Chelsea player Victoria Williams you know has always been a good solid pro and I remember when we lost to them it was last season we lost to them wasn't it at home yeah and the balls were going into that box and she was heading them away for fun you know she was defending and she could defend and head balls away in her sleep yeah so it it would be a very interesting tactical game I think um, Hope Power is one of the most experienced coaches in the game and we'll have to be aware of any tactical surprises she throws at us but medicine, do you think do you think it's about how we approach this game? What was the question again? I'm sorry. Um, Hope Powell's one of the most experienced coaches in the game, and she, we've got to be aware of any tactical surprises she'll sort of throw at us. Do you think we've got? It's more about how we approach this game, or it's sort of how Brighton approaches the game, is sort of how the outcome comes out. Um, I think it's usually the case of how. Um... In most of these scenarios, it's more of a case of how the bigger team approaches the game. Um, not to say Brighton are pushovers by any means. They, they still play quality ball. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, great, fantastic, experienced coach. Um, but when you have the star power that Chelsea have, I think it's always about how you utilize them and surprises you can pull with them. Um, Brighton have shown, obviously, before last season that they can not only defend solidly and have all of this, but also create chances of their own um, and have more than enough will to hold off a team like Chelsea. But um, I think you have to consider us favorites for this one. And you have to remember as well how much Emma Hayes likes to have these little tweaks, especially when it comes to looking at opposition. Um, very small things you've mentioned a couple times how even with a limited squad these very small changes could change the whole dynamic of the game uh and yeah i would i would consider us that we should be holding the tempo for this game and, and kind of pushing on um and looking through the bryson squad list they're not a group where one or two names really stand out but what they are is a well-organized and disciplined group who normally cause chelsea lots of problems so with their recent form aside, this is a huge challenge for what is really, this is a huge challenge for Chelsea. Yeah, obviously a huge challenge, it's a must-win game, you know, uh, yeah, looking at their squad, obviously we mentioned my Letizia, I mentioned Victoria Williams, I've always quite liked Megan Connolly, you know, Public Island International, she had a good college career at Florida State University, playing for the Florida State Seminoles, you know, she should score more, I've always quite liked her who scored against us in the Daniela Carter she scored against us she's another one with a good pedigree you know awfully unlucky with two career threatening injuries she, you know, she's played for a successful Arsenal team and, and, and internationally for England Nessa Kagman I've always thought is another talented player I think you know has so much more to give 
uh, they know how to beat us, as, as, as we said earlier. And it, when they played us in October, they, you know, they had a good game plan. We, we beat them 3-1, but you know what you're going to get with Hope Power teams, you know, solid, organised, determined, and it's up to us to break them down. I've always, you know, I'll always repeat myself and always say I've got no problem with a team coming with a, with a defensive, uh, you know, tactical, tactical, like, fear of how they want to play the game, 10, 10 players behind the ball. It's up to us to break them down. I'm never going to call them boring. You know, it's just another art of playing football. So if that's the way it, it falls on, on, on Sunday, then it's our job to break them down. If we don't, then it wasn't good enough. One thing I'd like to add on that as well is these uh, these kind of squads, were, as you mentioned, it's not a super par, uh, sorry, superstar heavyweight um this kind of team it, i really enjoy these kind of teams that it, where it's all about the team cohesion mm. fighting for the team for each other and especially on an experienced coach um where they're organized set up very well those are the kind of teams that are they can become dark horses or they're extremely hard to beat um i mean we saw that with the chelsea men last season aside from obviously a, a small number of superstars a large number of that team are either academy products or um, didn't have the greatest reputation going into the season. And you've seen what, what they can do when a team fights for each other. They have a great coach behind them that are or, that organized and they have plans before every game. So, yeah, I think it'll be a tough one. Tottenham have sort of become that team this year, haven't they, Ben, as well? That super organized, maybe a little bit more talented players uh, than Brighton without being you know, a bit too harsh on them. And you can see, obviously, they're, you know, they're up there. With with with, yeah. with the same sort of tactics, you know, they don't overplay, they don't overattack. Solid, and uh, they're getting results. Exactly. Back to Chelsea then, Medicine. Is there a case to drop Fleming into the pivot and try to play through her instead of playing along with, instead of a, instead of long with Bright playing centrally and Ericsson not fit because it's those two who are key to Chelsea's attacking play. Yeah, there's definitely a case for it. Um, and we saw a little bit of Fleming dropping deep uh, throughout West Ham. And whenever she dropped deep, that was usually when we had our best success. Um, it, with Magda and Millie being our two, our tempo controllers and how we create chances a lot of the time with, with their progressive passes, um, I think it is important that we are able to pass throughout the middle, um, control the middle of the field, and then control the tempo. And the other thing that helps as well uh, on the flip side is that actually helps you out defensively because it leaves you less uh, vulnerable to the counterattack when, when you're able to play very compact, high line, middle, uh, you know, midfield controlling possession, these kind of long balls over the top, you're much more compact and able to deal with it as a unit versus, uh, you know, some of the things we run run into, uh, at least this season, where we're playing so expansive and so spread uh, through with these long balls that sometimes if a forward can't control it against their first touch off, which is challenging enough, uh, you can have enough ga uh, gaps and spaces uh, in between your midfield that they can play through. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a case. And especially with Fleming, how she's so much of a runner. Uh, so much energy off the ball, on the ball, always wanting to be on the ball. I think there's always a, a call for these kind of players to play uh, centrally and help control tempo. So I, I think there definitely is a case for it. Um, whether she'll go with it, we have no idea. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I, I am a big fan of the idea. Dane, do you worry about the strength of our bench right now? There aren't many players 
on it who can change the game because of those being away and injured. I'm hoping maybe the goalkeepers have had outfield training, in training, <laughs> just in case that comes to it and we have no other subs left and they have to come on. But do you think we are going to struggle having such a small bench? Well, well seeing as how many warm-ups, I can only imagine you've seen, uh, Jane, who's better with the ball at their feet out of two substitute goalies? <laughs> I don't know who I'd pick. If I had to pick, I think I've, I don't really know who I'd prefer to be outfield. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it is a bit of a worry. Hopefully, Melanie, uh, you know, recovers and have been said she had she had a long COVID and hopefully her fitness levels increase over the next couple of days. Might be an argument to then maybe uh, rest put on the bench it's hard to to, to Pinella when, when when you've just scored three you can't do that to a striker maybe Fran and just so you've got something else come off the bench uh who, who's who's a similar sort of buzzing around player and, and and start with Beth otherwise you will be uh you will be a little bit of lack of options uh yeah it is a worry it is a worry unfortunately these are the times we live in you know we've seen it in the men's game uh, unfortunately, obviously, we can't. You don't know about the bubbles and 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 certain players and how big squads and if they're allowed to come and train. And you know, obviously, we, we can't then filter into to 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 the younger teams just to fill up the bench. You know, I don't know how it works. So it is it is a worry. And hopefully, the sooner we get some players back, the better. Right, I'm going to predict the team, and then you can either agree or disagree with me. I've got one change from Wednesday's team. Berger in goal, Carter, Brighton, Nolan as the back three. Charles, Cuthbert, Ingle and Wrighton in the midfield. And then Kirby, Fleming and Harder in attack. Medicine, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's the team I would uh, I would go with as a, as a prediction. Um, I think Brighton is one of those players that, especially against a team like Brighton, you need Brighton to start. Um with that creativity from the left, not only just from crossing what you'd expect from a normal left-footed player on the left side, but also uh, linking up play and being able to uh, one-two with the uh, the player in front of her on that left side as well. So I, I would agree with that, yes. Dane, do you agree with it or are you going to change it? I actually, as I said, I feel really sorry for Yonah Anderson. I thought, you know, her distribution, her passing was was really good and I do think she, she she's missed out few unfairly times this season but you know you've got to balance up you've got to have options on the bench if you go too big with your best team then if you are struggling like we have seen in 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 recent games against Brighton then who are you going to bring on if if, if they're not game changers that's why originally I was going to go with the same team against a West Ham just so uh, you know, you, a writing is a game changer to me. Uh, but now I'm actually starting to think I'd have Bethany in there uh, and and Kirby on the bench because uh, Kirby is a game changer uh, just for those different options. And at the same time, you're resting her. You know, it's so hard. You know, it's, it's so hard in that front three because, as I said earlier, you know, the movement, energetic, sharp, the understanding, you know, the balance was 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 brilliant. You know. Uh, but as you say, because the as we've said, because the because the numbers are so low, you, it's going to have to be a perfect balance, and she's going to have to back the players. And just obviously, that eleven she puts out, but I no doubt, but she she's putting out eleven, she's expecting to win. But it, it's hard, you know. Some people say, well, just worry about the game and don't think too much into the future. You never get ahead of yourselves. But 
yeah, it's a hard balance when you've only got 15 fit players. I would, yeah, I'd, I think I'd, I'd have the same team. I'd have Wrighton back in. Uh, it's a shame. I don't know how good uh, Guru Wright and Jan Anderson's right foots are. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd have Bethany in there and I'd put Fran on the bench just just for, for reasons I already said. Just to add on that, I think it is that that's a really important point. Um, and it kind of makes this game a little more difficult for us is that we have to preemptively rest players. Mm. We know the schedule ahead of us is tough and we know that the squad's going to be thin. And these players like Melanie, who come back from long COVID, she's not going to be come back ready to go 90 minutes, especially with her playing style box to box. She's going to need minutes to kind of ease her way back in. I think it is important to preemptively rest players like Fran um, in those attacking options. Um, and we saw what happens if that does, if you don't preemptively rest, went towards uh, the end of last year where we were run, like, running into fixtures where it was must win games and all of our starters were exhausted and you couldn't afford to drop them. They were too big of game changers. Um, so, and Brighton may find themselves in a little bit of a beneficial spot with this, knowing that they can, that we're looking ahead at tough, very tough, congested fixture list ahead of us. Um, and they can try to go for it and play for the win as well. Yeah, I think we've definitely sort of got to look ahead at the games we've got. Obviously, we've got West Ham next Wednesday. Obviously, West Ham are going to want to win, beat us after we beat them last week or this week. Then we've got Villa at the weekend in the FA Cup. Then we've got United in the Conti Cup. Then we've got City and Arsenal right before international break. So I think it is about looking ahead, seeing what players we need to rest. But hopefully Emma will do the right thing and play the right team. Um, let's get some score predictions. Medicine, what are you going with? Uh, I'll, I'll proudly flex that uh, privately in a message to a friend, I, I predicted 4-2 against West Ham. So I, well, I'm on a, a streak of one. Um, <laughs> I'll say 3-1 uh, uh, to Chelsea. 3-1 Chelsea. Dane, what about you? I was actually, I can't believe that about run of games you said literally it's going to be four make or break season games then. Wow. And, and that's all within a span of, I think, 20 days or something. Exactly. As Jane it's said, ridiculous. just before the it's international like, break. And wow. we've got two, we've obviously got the uh, FA Cup game, which we want to win. Although it's against Villa, it's still going to be tough. And then obviously we've got a semi-final in the middle of that, playing three big teams as well. It is going to be tough. Mm. It could be all over. It could be very exciting. But, you you know, you, you support your teams and you watch these teams to be in these positions. So, you know, it, it, it is very exciting. I was actually going to say 3-1 as well, like Ben. I was I had thoughts of maybe a little bit of a disjointed defence uh, if, if Millie was in the middle and, you know, she'd been so comfortable at right for so long. But, you know, to, to balance it up, I'll go 3-0 because uh, I had three, you know, I had us scoring three goals, so that's fine. I'm going to go with 2 0. I feel confident we can stop Brighton scoring this time round. So hopefully, at least one of us will be right this week and get the score prediction. And <laughs> um, that is all we've got time for this week, unfortunately. We'll be back on Monday to look back at this game and look ahead to Wednesday's clash with West Ham in the league. This in the league. Medicine, good to speak with you again. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always a good time with you too. Um, you know, miss Alan Dean, but who misses him? <laughs> uh, no, always a pleasure to be on. Dane, always a pleasure. We will see you next week when we record. Yeah, thank you. Is this, is this the second time you've been on, Ben? 
It is second time. Yeah. It's the second time that Dean's not been on with you as well. Was he on the first time? Uh, he was on the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. No. Yes. Nice to see you, Ben. Actually, yeah. You really good analysis, and it's it's nice to hear you know your thoughts on the game. Very. Yeah. He's even teaching Appreciate me a couple it. of things, which was nice. And obviously, yeah, Jane. Well done. I know it can be tough on you, you know, Dean puts you in the deep end. but Dean puts a lot of pressure on me, but touch wood, it's all been okay. You wouldn't do it if you didn't think you could handle it, yeah. Exactly. In the meantime, you can follow us follow us all on Twitter, at Mokings Meadow, Dean at Dean Mears, me at Jane Chapel X, Dane at DWITS9 and Medicine at EE Medicine. We're also on Instagram, went to Mokings Meadow. And if you love to love what you hear and want to help support the show you can do that via our patreon page where you receive perks such as early access to our podcast and exclusive written content content the links for all that in our discord channel will be in the description box below so until next time thanks for listening from king's meadow to wembley keep that blue flag flying high It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.